All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bitcoin Stoa. As a reminder, you can actually earn Bitcoin by listening to these this conversation and other podcasts by using Fountain. And if you enjoy listening to the conversation, you can support the Bitcoin Stoa by streaming or boosting sats uh, using the Fountain platform as well. So today is 15th anniversary of Satoshi posting the white paper. And so it's a, it's a pretty significant day, um, at least for those who are involved in Bitcoin and one that we want to celebrate. So Pavao and I are catching up for the first time in a while. Um, and, you know, I think with those nine pages, Satoshi initiated a revolution for humanity, probably beyond, you know, part of me always wonders, like, did, I wonder how deeply Satoshi realized he would impact the world of money, the world of finance, the world of economics, you know, how we think about all these things and how literally a piece of software encapsulated in nine in a nine page white paper can nudge humanity in a way that I don't know of any other technology that has done it quite as profoundly. Um, so current block height is 814.690 and the current exchange rate is 34,320 US dollars for one Bitcoin. Wow, thanks for being here and being available. Thank you, Nick, for inviting me. And uh, yeah, let's 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 go. Let's talk. Well, let's talk about um, let's talk about the white paper first. Like, when do you remember the first time you ever read the white paper and what your preliminary, you know, what your initial thoughts were? Um, yeah, love to hear it. Oh well, uh, that would be probably around maybe two thousand twelve, maybe thirteen. Uh, I. I haven't read, I mean, I, I kind of glanced over it, uh, didn't really, I I wasn't really technical enough to kind of understand the significance, of course, if I would, if I was, then I would uh, <laughs> jump into the, jump into it immediately. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I read it, uh, it, it seemed it interesting, but uh, as I said, I didn't really uh, got it immediately. And uh, I think most of people, most people just cannot, cannot grasp the significance of this. Mm -hmm. uh quickly uh you know some people are exceptions to this rule but uh, most people can't so i think it, you, you bas basically we need time to to understand what's what bitcoin is so and i usually when i kind of when i talk with people about uh, bitcoin i i don't really even tell them to go and read the white paper because i think it's um it's 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 pretty technical uh, in nature, uh, but on the other hand, it's you know you should be you should be reading it at this stage of of Bitcoin's development, if you are one of one of the people who are who understand Bitcoin, uh, you know in in any significant way, you, you know Bitcoin white paper is definitely one of the things that you should read. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, nice that we are now celebrating 15th, 15th anniversary. I still think we are extremely early with the, the the Bitcoin development thing, you know, in general, very, very early. I think we are, um, yeah, just, um, I, I still think that less than 1% of, of people all, all around the world actually own any any bitcoin and and use it um and so we have so much more to you know to grow into uh now how fast is that going, going to happen i'd rather it happens 
not too quickly because we because the 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 level of change uh, in the world right now is very you know <laughs> it's very intense so but you know things are going to happen the way they are so uh i think uh, when everything is said and done in in 100 years i think uh, the whole of humanity is going to live on a full bitcoin standard uh, and, and forget the the fiat uh, century of uh, of you know war death and destruction and and poverty and uh, you know and uh, disease and uh, misallocation of capital and all these bad things that we are kind of experiencing even though the humanity in general is uh, is it, i mean it's 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 still evolving, right? We are still, we still have all these technologies, all these uh, ways that we can increase the quality of our life. But still, most of the people, I would say, still live in a, in this kind of uh, almost like a debt slavery uh, situation where um, you know all these gains from the from the you know technology development and all of that kind of concentrated in very very small. A number of people who are kind of benefiting from the fiat uh, seniorage and and continuing effect, while most people are kind of um, struggling to get by. I was just looking at the prices of um, you know the median uh, yearly salaries to buy a, a home, a house in back in let's say sixties compared to today, and it's like back then, like it took you maybe three, three and a half. Uh, salaries to buy a home now it's taking you uh, around five something like that and because you know there's you know most people do not have uh, do not really use hard money to save right fiat is a soft money that loses purchasing power over time nobody's really saving so everyone is getting into debt so you know especially right now when the when the interest rates shot up um, you know many people are kind of struggling with that but you know, Bitcoin fixes this. Uh, it's a fix, really. It is. It is a solution. It's a technic technological upgrade uh, for the for the problem that's very deeply embedded. Uh, but I think uh, people are just going to uh, adopt it individually, one by one, slowly over time. And once you do, uh, once you get to that point where you are, you know, on a like a, on a full Bitcoin standard, then you. Then you really understand it, kind of. How, 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 I mean, what it really means. Uh, how, how do you handle this type of money? Uh, it it changes the way you 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 think. It changes the way you spend. It changes the way you invest. Uh, all for the better. But again, you need uh, you need time to 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 get to that point. And everybody is going to get to the, to that point. So let's just uh, be patient <laughs> and uh, and allow the things to to unfold. You know. That's yeah. my view. I think, you know, it's, I think as silly as it would be to say that we are interneters, right? You and I, we're using the internet, so we're interneters. It's going to be that silly in yeah. 15 years to say you're a Bitcoiner because everyone's going to use Bitcoin, right? Everyone's going to eventually discover this open, decentralized, fair system. Uh, it can't be uninvented. It can't be shut down. And... Yeah, I think it's crazy how much money influences everything in the world. And I think some people who don't understand Bitcoin or don't know the deep implications of scarce money that can't be stopped 
might think it's a bit of a hyper sensationalism to say Bitcoin fixes this. Bitcoin fixes so many things because I think most people are used to only looking at things in terms of first order effects. Um, and while there are first order effects with money, big ones, the second, third, fourth, fifth order effects of looking at life and making all your life decisions through the lens of, um, you know, sound money instead of a credit system where we're literally incentivized in everything we do to pull from the future, to have something now that we can't afford, but that we can are told we can just pay over time. And I remember talking, talking about this with you a year ago when we were, when I came to Rab, it's like this notion that when you acquire something, if you don't own it, it owns you because you're on the hook to essentially putting your time towards paying that thing off. Even if in future you don't value it as much as you did when you initially acquired it, it doesn't matter. You're a slave to that thing until you've officially paid it off. And I think people, it's so easy to spend from the future when the world revolves around credit, where everyone's being told, oh, you don't even have to, you, have, you can pay nothing today. Just pay small payments for the rest of your life. You know, this idea with a mortgage where, you know, homes have turned into people's savings account because the money broke makes it so that now in order to actually have a home for its utilitarian value is virtually unachievable for most people earning an average salary. Uh, and if it is achievable, you're essentially signing on to a uh, to be a slave for the rest of your life to paying banks more than what your home is even worth at today's interest rates, which is just kind of absurd to say. Um, and I think this is sometimes where some of the clashes from you know, the, our parents' generation, the wisdom of their time, the time they lived in, which is a fundamentally different time in terms of the world that they were in, no longer applies today. And it sort of disrupted this parent to child wisdom Passover because the things that worked for them and that were actually sound wisdom in their time no longer hold true. And so it's almost like we have to develop our own wisdom and determine our own way of living in this current world. And I think part of that mismatch is that we now have Bitcoin. And our parents, it's just such a fundamentally different paradigm that our, our parents haven't yet grasped the significance or the meaning of this thing and how this changes literally everything. Everything must be reevaluated and all understanding of the old world must be essentially burned and, and, and eliminated to make space for this new understanding that can now form. And yeah, this notion that everything is downstream of money right? Our food is downstream of money, our health is downstream of money, our education is downstream of money. Every decision we make is essentially done through the lens of money, whether we realize it or not. Um, and, and now we have this thing called Bitcoin, which is essentially repricing the entire world. Um, and the other day I had a conversation with someone about volatility and they brought up, you know, Bitcoin is so volatile, there's no way I could ever put a meaningful amount of my um wealth in bitcoin it's just i wouldn't have the emotional resilience and it's just too risky so i think there's two faults there number one they associated risk with volatility and number two they associated that bitcoin was volatile and the you know again when you change the lens it changes how you view everything and my lens now is the world and fiat is insanely volatile bitcoin is the most stable thing in the world it's completely predictable i know how much bitcoin there is in existence right now i know how much there's going to be in 10 years 20 years and it's incredibly stable and calling Bitcoin volatile in the fiat when you're pricing it in fiat is like having a, an earthquake seismograph that's detecting giant oscillations in tectonic plates and calling the seismograph volatile. 
the seismograph is just a tool to measure the volatility of the earth, right? It's not the seismograph, it's not the tool that's volatile, it's what the tool is measuring. And I think Bitcoin is just this honest pricing tool that is measuring the volatility of the fiat world, which is filled with uncertainty and chaos. But we often misattribute the Bitcoin as being volatile when we price it in fiat, not the fiat world being crazy volatile. So yeah, it's it's it really is, like you said, it just takes time and patience and people have to have enough of a reason to learn about it. And I mean, you're one of the few people that I know on planet Earth amongst all Bitcoiners that actually lives in true radical alignment with Bitcoin because you live on a Bitcoin standard. Uh, and you actually started to open source that wisdom with an online uh, Git book. And that's kind of what I wanted to hear about today is just, you know, why did you write it? Who's it for? Uh, and, you know, if someone comes to you and says, I'm, I, I realize Bitcoin exists. I want to transition my life to radically look through the lens of Bitcoin and make my decisions through the lens of Bitcoin. You know, what does that process look like? And yeah, I just love to hear, you know, it's hard to put thoughts down on, on paper with clarity. It's like one of the hardest things I think is actually writing yeah. because you need the focus and the clarity to actually know what to write and have the mental space to actually do the thing. Um, so why'd you do it? And who is this for and how do people find it? Because I really want to dig into some of the concepts that you covered. Well, first of all, I have to thank you, uh, you know, basically because when you were here, you kind of, uh, basically you got me, uh, kind of nudged me into it uh, to, to put the thoughts uh, in, on, on, in writing. You showed me how you do it, uh, you know, uh, on, on GitHub in particularly. Um, and how you uh, make your your uh, health uh, business kind of uh, work, and um, and I I thought along about it because I had a lot of you know I I mean when you live something you kind of take it for granted you know how to do it you know you for example I know how to live on a full Bitcoin standard uh, for three years already so, um, yeah probably um, yeah since 2020 around this time so three years now. Uh, so I know how to do it, but it's hard to to explain that to someone else. So I kind of, at some point, I just uh, decided, you know, heck, I'm just going to start writing this down um, in an open source way. And uh, it's still very, I mean, it's still a draft, so it's not finished. Uh, I mean, we can share the... It's the, a pretty damn good draft. I got to say, I read it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty I mean, impressive. it's a draft. But the thing is that I, I kind of, I, 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 I got the idea to just uh, stick down, get, get some consistency in writing. So I have been writing six days a week, uh, at least a little bit. So just, just not to break this, uh, this chain, another one of your uh, kind of uh, uh, ideas that I kind of got, got stuck and applied on this, on this process. And what I ended up with is, um, as I said, a draft of a manual, a guidebook, uh, of sorts for bitcoiners first so this is this is really not something for people who are pre-coiners or no coiners right so they have to kind of at least start getting into bitcoin uh, and even even more so it's for bitcoiners who are already at the point where they truly understand the difference between bitcoin and shitcoins right cryptocurrencies and all of that so they don't they, they have crystal clarity about uh, you know they they treat bitcoin as as savings as money they are not trying to uh you know 
think of it any other way. It's not like a portfolio diversifier necessarily for them. It's it's really kind of a savings, right? Yeah. And but they are probably still in a in a situation where they are not sure. Um, I mean, th- th- that's what I had uh, in the beginning, where you are kind of afraid to 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 spend your Bitcoin. Uh, or you may, um, yeah, you may spend a little bit just, you know, here and there, just, you know, like a, like a coffee purchase. So just like a novelty then, basically at that point. Yeah. It's, it's like a novelty and then, yeah, it's cool. So, uh, you know, you pay with lightning and it's, it's nice and so on, but, uh, you are not really, you are not sure if you should, for example, should you, should you, let's say, should you buy a car, uh, for example, with, uh, and then spend your Bitcoin on a car. When you know that this, the, the, whatever you spent uh, today on a car is going to be worth, you know, 10, 100 times more later. So are you going to be uh, like, uh, you know, Bitcoin pizza guy? Right? Are you going to be a guy who is going to, you know, oh, my God, say I spent so much Bitcoin back then on, a, on, on, on two pizzas that I could have $300 million today. So, um so this is one thing that 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 many Bitcoiners kind of uh, struggle with, uh, and another thing is the volatility that you that you know, as you mentioned, uh, even even if you understand Bitcoin very 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 well, you need to know how to handle volatility, right? So we basically uh, many many Bitcoiners maybe uh, apprehensive and kind of shy away from from trying to use Bitcoin as your primary money, because what if, you know, what if I do this and then, you know, Bitcoin drops down, I don't know, 50%, which, you know, can happen. We just went through the pretty brutal longest bear market, right? Uh, in uh, in history of Bitcoin, um, uh, 2022 was really, uh, it wasn't, you know, the, 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 the drop, the drawdown from the top, until bottom was not the steepest one. We had, you know, I think eighty-seven uh, percent or something was the the, the highest uh, level drawdown. Uh, but we had the uh, the longest period uh, of time that the the Bitcoin price went in below its two hundred week moving average, which is which is like the his- 200 week moving average is basically almost four years uh, moving average price, which constantly grows. Uh, today, it's around, I think, $29,000. Uh, so we are basically a, a slightly a bit, a bit, a bit above it. But, uh, you know, his, historically speaking, median multiplier of the current price and 200 week moving average price is around two, two and a half. I have these calculations uh, somewhere. So we are still quite a bit below the the historical median uh price um and just and, as a uh, just to put yeah. a pin in that it's like the 200 day moving average is actually a beautiful way to determine where the bitcoin price is relative to that sort of um anchor right if it's yeah. way way above it if the multiple is super high in terms of the multiple of the 200 uh week moving average you know that there's you know it's probably a good time to spend money on things like pre-spend uh, prepay for things in the future. Whereas if it's below, it's like, that's a good time to spend less and stack more. And so I think it's, you know, the purchasing power, it's kind of like a huge mental trick, right? Because the amount of sats you own 
is one factor and we all want to see our number of sats go up but the reality is really our sats should go down steadily over time whereas our purchasing power is this other metric which um even if our sats go down our purchasing power goes up and so really it's just about being wise with how to harmonize those two things because it really is this mental trick where psychologically you're going to get fucked with but if you really have an anchored foundational understanding that my sats will go down over time my purchasing power will go up and pricing my world in bitcoin using bitcoin as my unit of account is actually the best way to truly understand the opportunity cost of spending every sat and i think that it still blows my mind that you have been doing this for so long because truly bringing your life to a Bitcoin standard, I don't yeah. think there's very many people like we're so early in the grand scheme of things. And you're like a, a micro subset of a micro subset right now. Yeah. But I actually think, you know, in reading through your, you know, your Git book is like, wow, this actually is the only truthful lens to look at the world through because you no longer yeah. are corrupted by misinformation from fiat. So, yeah, 200 day moving average, great barometer to know. Where's the price of Bitcoin relative to this long time span average? And I think it's a powerful tool. Yeah, definitely. And and again, we last year we spent almost six months below that price. So that was That's like crazy. when we were around $16,000. I remember like the vast majority of, of, of Bitcoiners on, on Twitter were, were so bearish. Like everyone <laughs> was calling, you know, $12,000 Bitcoin, $10,000 Bitcoin. You know, everyone was like, I I, I literally felt like uh, this, this, this is crazy. I mean, and, 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 and I was like, I was stacking, <laughs> I was stacking at the highest possible level living on, on, on the full Bitcoin standard because my, my, my expenses were, were, were lowered. My income uh, was up because I was working more. So, and every, again, because I live on a full Bitcoin standard, all of that, increase in net savings in net uh, income rate uh, went into bitcoin so and uh, i told everyone on my uh, weekly uh, podcast here in, uh, in in balkans region to just go all into bitcoin now now is the time now is the time every single week and everyone was like at least at least slowing down their dca allocations right so maybe they weren't uh, selling or just stopping buying altogether but they would kind of you know just let's let's wait a little bit more until it drops <laughs> a bit more then i will buy so this is this is natural this is natural reaction when you still have some when, when you when you are still at the point where you are kind of transitioning your cash balance to to bitcoin only basically and uh, I, I wrote this uh, this this guidebook to help Bitcoiners how to how to actually do this on a very very practical level, and the guidebook is uh, and yeah and how to handle the volatility because as you said the this is this is extremely important point with the uh, nominal amount of, of of Bitcoin that you have and how it's it's really not about that we we are we are used to understanding money uh you know in fiat standard you want to increase the number of dollars that you have basically right you you want to have as you want to grow that number because ultimately the 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 number of dollars is growing right uh in total it's getting printed constantly every time someone takes uh, takes a loan uh, you know, gets into, into into a debt contract, new money is being created, new new dollars are created, and all other 
fiat fiat monies. Um, and then in order to keep your purchasing power or increase your purchasing power, you need to have more, more nominal units of money. And Bitcoin works in the opposite way. You know, it's it's all about your purchasing power and how your purchasing power uh, behaves over time. So what does it mean? It means that today, for example, one single Bitcoin has, you know, 10,000 more, 10, more purchasing power than 10,000 Bitcoin had in 2010 or more, right? Back then, when, when Laszlo Hanietz bought two pizzas for 10,000 BTC, he, uh, that was like $30. That was like one BTC was three cents. Today, one Bitcoin is $30,000. So you can buy a car, right? For, for one Bitcoin. Back then you, you couldn't buy, you, you could buy two pizzas with 10,000 Bitcoin. But this, this means that let's say 10 years from now, right? Uh, 0.001 Bitcoin is going to have much much more purchasing power than whole bitcoin today okay yeah so and this is yeah this when when you hear something like this you may understand it on a theoretical level but once you actually start using bitcoin as your primary money meaning you convert all of your cash balance to it and then of course when you need to pay someone right in fiat you convert it back to fiat and pay it right and you can make these conversions whenever you want right you have you know most people have access to to exchanges uh, where they can do it then you really start to understand it because it's really not about um it's not about the nominal amount of bitcoin you have it's about your your purchasing power growing overall and how do you know that your purchasing power is growing but well you know because you 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 see that you can buy more so for example for me my uh my let's say my my overall prices actually went down since I since I uh, entered into a full Bitcoin standard by around three three times, right? So my groceries, my grocery bill, my gasoline bill, my uh, rent, my uh, travel uh, expenses. You know, Everything's getting cheaper for you. Everything is getting cheaper, and I literally see it because I know, you know, if you, let's say if you make. $50,000 a year and you spend $45,000 a year, right? You have $5,000 net savings, net net income, right? And it doesn't matter like you can you may you can make $100,000 and spend $95,000, you are going to you're still going to have same net income because net income is your inflows minus your outflows, right? So this is the number that you need to see. So there are four ways to increase your net income, right? You can either let your let your outflows stay the same, right? Or and increase your inflows. So let's say if you if you used to make 50k a year, increase that inflow to 55k and then without you still... increasing your expenses. Without increasing so now you have increased your net income. Uh, and now your net income is not $5,000 a year, it's $10,000 a year. You can, right, that's the first way. The second way is you don't increase your inflows, right? You don't increase your income, but you cut down on your spending. So you decrease your, your inflows. So if you can make 50,000 a year and spend 40, right? Instead of 45, you still increased your net income. The third way is to, 
both increase your inflows and decrease your outflows, right? At the same time. So you're going to increase your income. And the fourth and final way is to increase both your inflows, your income, and your outflows. So your expenses go up, but your income goes up more at a higher rate than, than expenses. So you may make, let's say, 65 a year and spend 55 a year or 50 a year, and you still increased your, 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 your net income because you, you increased your, your inflows higher than your, than your outflows. So these are the four ways to increase the net, net income. And, but in order to know what is your net, net income, right? You, you have to start planning your money. You have to start budgeting. This is the first step. So the, the, this guidebook is divided into two main areas, okay? The first area is discussing the, the, the three fundamental practices or, or principles, however you want to call it. They are timeless. They are kind of expression of millennia of, of wisdom, which are, number one is always plan your money, right? So always have a plan before you make transactions with your money, you need to create a budget. And I show exactly what type of a budget it is. It's a zero-based budget. And that, but that's the first thing. You need to plan your money. Second, you always have to live debt-free, right? So the principle is you never spend from the future, right? You always and only spend from the past, okay? Why? Because the future is uncertain and the past is certain. And whenever you spend from the future, you are generating these three, so to speak, negative spirits, you know, spirit of slavery, spirit of confusion, and spirit of restlessness. While if you are only spending from the past, you, you have your spirit of freedom grows, spirit of clarity, and spirit of peace. And then the third principle, which is the, you know, the maybe the the, the one that's that's kind of most um it's most uh, impactful, at least it, it was for me, although all, all of those are very important and they should be applied in exact order. So first, always spend your money, then all, always live that free. And then the third, always have at least 10 to 20% of your budget assigned for giving, okay? And, and this third principle is actually, it's really about increasing your capacity to generate more inflows okay that's really what it comes down to although there are many 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 beneficial other things that that it's, it's going to do for you it's 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 a practice with money that is growing what's called the spirit of generosity right and it hampers the growth of the spirit of stinginess right so basically you can and the spirit of generosity increases the amount of, of opportunities uh, and your risk tolerance to undertake them and makes your business, whatever you are working in, right? Any way you are actually serving other people, uh, it makes you better at it because you are coming from a different um, kind of, you are not, you are coming from the abundance mindset and and not you're not desperate to to, to make a, a transaction so you can actually attract more opportunities and this is making your income grow right so i would say that the first thing is take control over your money right by practicing zero-based budgeting that's the first principle the second is stop 
spending credit, right? Stop spending future because this is the source of wasteful, wasteful outflows, right? So this is the, the main purpose of stopping doing the spending, uh, getting out of debt, right? Basically becoming debt-free. The main purpose of that is to cut down all outflows that are wasteful, right? All the Because what you are doing is you are wasting a lot of money on interest, on uh, misallocation of capital, on, on misjudgment of valuations in the time dimension, which is also discussed in the book. And this is this is everything that you have is costing you more because you are paying with it with the money from the future, which is again uncertain. So the purpose of the second thing is to eliminate wasteful outflows, and the purpose of the third giving is to increase inflows. And then that's the first part of the book. The second part of the book is. How do you actually, when once you did that, how do you start using Bitcoin as your, as your primary money in the context of your net worth? So what if, for example, you have a house, right? Let's say you have a mortgage, you have a house and you have some Bitcoin. Should you, should you, right? If, if, if the first, if the first uh, part of the book says that you should be debt free, should you sell your Bitcoin, pay off the mortgage? Um, or should you sell the like how should you have a house how much if you if you have let's say two hundred thousand dollars in bitcoin should you buy a house that costs 150 or 200 should you buy that should you do that uh, should you invest in your business like how how do you how do you think about your net worth overall your investments in the context of, of the full bitcoin standard and what i propose here is is to first of all follow what's called the rule of thirds right and this is, this is like in ancient this ancient wisdom timeless wisdom very ancient wisdom and it's and it's extremely applicable to 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 today especially with bitcoin um so the first the first uh so imagine your net worth consisting of three different parts the first part is your cash your money right your liquid money and if you are going to go live on a full Bitcoin standard, that's going to be your Bitcoin. Maybe you're going to always, you, you will always have some, some fiat on hand just to be able to pay, you know, daily expenses, you know, but you're not going to, you're not going to use fiat to hedge Bitcoin's volatility. You will have, you know, enough money. Let's say if your, I don't know, if your rent is coming up or some expenses coming up uh, in, a, in a week or so, you're going to have, you're going to exchange some Bitcoin to fiat in order to cover it. So it's not like you're going to have zero fiat always. You're always going to have some cash in your in your in your wallet, some some money in your fiat checking account. But primary uh, money is going to be Bitcoin, right? So you will your income is going to be converted to Bitcoin regardless of which if it's paid in Bitcoin directly or if it's paid in fiat, and. Um, and that's what you are going to, going to use. So I say, I propose you should have at least at least a third of your net worth in cash, right? In Bitcoin, basically, at least a third. And then the other two parts of your net worth are kind of basically divided into. This is this is it's it's useful to 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 study Austrian economics and uh, kind of understand the the how humans we spend time in two different basically ways when it comes to when it comes to money we spend time either in uh, leisure 
right? Or in labor, okay? So in leisure is everything that we are doing for its own sake. Basically, we are, you know, enjoying with our family at our home. Uh, maybe we are going to a vacation. Maybe we have, you know, uh, I don't know, a boat that we go and take, take, take away or whatever, right? All of the things that we own that are used for leisure, and I, I call this part of the net worth land or estate or land. Land is everything. Let's say your house, your car, your, your appliances at home, all of that is accounted for. So you can actually account how much is it worth, all of that. And all of that is part of your land, uh, part, of, part of the net worth. And I say that you shouldn't have more than one third of your net worth in land, right? And it's not really, let's say if you have a, if you have a car uh, that you are using both for leisure and for your labor, for your work, then let's say that the car is worth, I don't know, 20,000. Then if you are using it half for the leisure and far, far, half for the work, then it's, you know, $10,000 is accounted under the land category and of, of net worth and 10,000 is accounted under the capital category. So the, 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 the third and final part of your net worth is your capital. So what is your capital? Your capital is everything that you are using essentially to generate money, right? To, to generate your inflows. This may be if you are a business owner, let's say that you are a car mechanic, right? This is your your equipment, your your tools, your 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 car shop, right? Uh, if you are a merchant, you may have an inventory of things, right? I work for Safedin, so he has a number of books in in his inventory. That's all part of the capital. Also, some some if you if you own some piece of investment, like uh, I don't know a stock uh, or or anything, anything that generates income, is considered or is used to generating inflows is considered part of the capital. And when you're looking at your net worth overall, you should not exceed more than one third in land, right? Which you are using in your leisure time, not one third in your capital, which are using which you are using to, to generate money. Not more than so, one third. No more than one third, right? So don't don't go above one third. And it's it's like a it's it's a pretty solid way to understand let's say if you let's say if you you enter a, uh, a bear market with bitcoin right and let's say that you kind of you 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 bought a lot of, of of things let's say you bought a new house you bought some and you know your your uh, you know you, you invested in your business right and perhaps when in the beginning of the bear market you you had this perfect um Let's say that your total net worth is $300,000 and you, you, you bought $100,000 worth of land, $100,000 worth of capital, and you were left with $100,000 in Bitcoin. If, if Bitcoin drops by 50%, right? If it cuts, you know, cuts in half, right? Now, you're, now you are left with $250,000 net worth, right? And, uh, and Bitcoin is now... 25% of the net worth, right? Am I doing it correctly? So 20, so 25K, so 50K in Bitcoin, 100K in I think it's land, less. I think it's closer to 20K or 20%. Uh, 20%, sorry, 20%. So so you 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 basically now have 
So you've come out of now balance you, compared to those third, come, third, third. You, you came out of balance. And the reason why now you should be, right, it's maybe maybe it's not immediately, you shouldn't really immediately sell some, you know, liquidate some things back to Bitcoin. Maybe you should. That's your decision. But it's helpful to understand that the reason why you don't want to go too much down with your with your cash, basically with your Bitcoin, is that if you uh, go below a certain threshold, you are too illiquid. You are not able, because remember, we need to budget at least 10 to 20% of our money in Bitcoin, right? Which is going to be in Bitcoin for giving. And the giving ac action is actually what is causing us to grow our inflow, right? It's causing, causing us to make more money. It's growing our capacity to make more money. We do not want to get into a situation where we are not really able to make these giving transactions because we are just too, too illiquid. So this is like a perfect example is, uh, you know, in a fiat standard world, you have, you have someone who has, let's say, a million dollar net worth, but let's say he has $950,000 in his house, right? And maybe $40,000 in his sort of investments and only $10,000 in cash. Well, if he has only $10,000 in cash, if he gives 10 to 20% of that, right? That's like thousand to $2,000 in a million dollar net worth, having such a small giving budget is actually going to cause, like it's not going to grow the spirit of generosity. You need to, it, it needs to be in a proportion. So one of the wisdom <laughs> points is that if your giving budget, if your if if anything that you are that you are considering as part of your net worth, if it's under one sixtieth, so one divided by sixty, it's kind of insignificant, right? So if you are purchasing something that's that the costs below one sixtieth of your total net worth, you don't even have to track it as part of your net worth. So if you buy, you know. An, uh, you know, an iPhone and you have a $2 million net worth, you don't really have to track it, right? Because, right? But if you have only $5,000 net worth and you buy an iPhone that costs $1,000, that's 20% of your net worth. Yeah, you, you have to track it, right? You have to track it as a part and you have to really account it, you know, maybe how much are you using that iPhone for your capital, right? For your business, right? And how much you are using it for leisure, so you, you really need to account it. So what I'm trying to get at is that you, you want to construct, you always want to keep the balance in your net worth such that you do not really exceed, again, you don't exceed one third in, in land and one third in capital, because when you do so, you're going to have an optimal growth rate of your net worth. Your soul, so to speak, is going to be at very... Um, balanced, right? It, the the growth of these spirits, the positive spirits. So you you will you will simply grow spirit of freedom, clarity, and peace, right? As long as you're out of debt, you are gonna keep growing that, and this this is accumulating over time. So it's not the same if you are living debt free for a month only, or if you live for a year or ten years, right? A person who is living ten years debt free. He has much stronger spirit of freedom, for example, than the one who just started because it's like it's like a tree, 
that grows, you have to water it. You have to kind of, it, it needs time to grow. And these spirits are, these are not, uh, it's not some sort of woo-woo. It's, it's really how it, how it works. It's really because humans, we, we people are both physical and, and kind of metaphysical beings. It's like we have this, what kind of differentiates us from, from animals, for example, is not that we are so much different physically, right? We, we basically have same bodily functions and we kind of have this same, you know, we have to eat, we have to procreate, we have to find shelter from the elements, you know, somehow and so on. All the other animals kind of have to do that as well. Yeah, the biology holds in, true. Biology holds true, right? But at the same time, we have this uh, completely different dimension in, in us that is, for example, allowing us to trade with each other. And why do we trade? Why don't animals trade with each other? Because animals are not different uh, from one another in terms of their kind of this spiritual world, right? So people are different. This is why we value things differently at different points in time. So we are able to exchange with each other because if we exchange, now we value what we have more than before that, right? And this is constantly happening. And, you know, money is just a medium of exchange. So basically money is something that's strictly human thing, right? Animals do not use money. So what we need to learn now is how to actually, what are the best practices? What are the best principles to handle this, this world? And Bitcoiners are very, you know, ripe to learning this stuff because, Bitcoin is such a powerful technology. It's such a powerful type of money. And it's it, it can be dangerous, right, at the same time. It's like electricity. So you, if you learn how to use electricity safely and if you, if you understand the principles of what makes electricity work and you know, for example, you don't want to... That's what we were talking about in the one of the first uh, our, our talks. You don't want to push, you know, wet arm into electricity socket you don't want to teach your kid to to run around with uh, you know metal objects near electricity so we understand that um and and we are safe to use electricity how however much we want as long as as we have safety precautions in place i mean i want to use more electricity it's the same with bitcoin right so if you are still if if someone is still not sure how to operate bitcoin safely which is really about learning how to manage money across opportunity cost across time how to how to not grow negative spirits when you are using money and how to grow the positive spirits and how you should think about your network these are these are the things that you are that we are kind of learning here when you have all of this then you can use bitcoin fully right just like you are using electricity because today when I when I'm speaking with, with Bitcoiners, when I see someone who is just dollar cost averaging small amount of money every month in Bitcoin, it's it's basically it's it's excellent. Of course, that's 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 already putting you in a in a way, way, way better position than 99% of the of the world. But it's not but the end stage. It's not it's exactly, like part of the journey. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of like if you if you can imagine it's kind of like you were using electricity only met, let's say maybe 30 minutes a month or <laughs> one hour a month why because you know it's it, it's dangerous it can kill you yeah. bitcoin can be dangerous right let's let's not uh, you know uh, 
dance around the, the fact many people have what's, I mean, Bitcoin derangement syndrome. You can mess up significantly if you misuse Bitcoin, right? If you, for example, if you, if you, um, if you FOMO uh, into Bitcoin in the bull market at the top, and you maybe take out a lot of debt to, to increase your stack even more because it's going up. So you want to buy more, 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 right? You feel this extreme level of greed, of, 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 of fear of missing out. And then if you if you enter the bear market, right? And you suddenly, you know, your your let's say you you lose your job, you lose your income, you you are you 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 have to sell. At the, at you know at the bottom basically uh and 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 you're still left in debt right you're still underwater i mean there are people who 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 make who made huge mistakes with their with their bitcoin stacks so 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 we cannot really just completely ignore that part of the of the puzzle because it's there again bitcoin is neutral it's a software it's a protocol it's basically unchanging right it's just gonna chug along and tick tock next block but people who use who interact with it can can either extremely benefit their lives with it or it can i mean they can really mess it up right if they are not if they don't understand what they are doing so i i completely i completely see the reason why why we are most of the time we are recommending to 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 newbies and to well not just newbies to to season bitcoiners to just you know dollar cost average an amount of money that you're not going to be looking at for at least four or five years or more you know the the, yeah. the more you you just you just think of it as something that's you know you're going to be for your retirement and that's completely legitimate i'm not saying that every every bitcoiner needs to 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 go on a full bitcoin standard today right but i still think if, if if bitcoiners want to try that or they have thought about it there is a way to do it but there is really it's it's like the way that that really 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 works it really makes it makes it so that you are um yeah you're just you are growing in the net worth you are growing the the your your conviction is growing the you know the the way that you are uh, kind of interacting with Bitcoin is uh, getting more and more uh, like you are using you know money on a daily basis. You you just you just learn to think to to think and live that way. And that's again this is why I kind of wrote this to to help other Bitcoiners um, adopt these practices. And uh, again, it's still very much a draft it's a work in progress so i'm more than welcome i mean i i, I really would like uh, people to to give me more feedback on it uh, if something does not make sense uh, because then it helps me to kind of sharpen the to, to articulate it better uh, so that we can all kind of uh, benefit from it because you would there is no if, if let's say if you are kind of thinking maybe you want your close family or friends to kind of get into bitcoin more there is no like that you're never going to be as influential in your orange billing uh talk with other people as if you are living it on a full bitcoin yeah. standard so i was i'm i'm i was pretty much able uh, the other day i had a talk with with a guy who was dabbling around with 
you know, he 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 wasn't really a complete newbie, right? He was he had this couple of exchange accounts and he was uh, trading and uh, you know kind of successfully. But after we had a talk, uh, I mean, he decided, yeah, okay. That's, that's, after after a walk after after a week or so, he he just called me and he said, "Look, I'm selling the house here that I'm uh, that I'm renting. Basically, it's his second second house, uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna put it." All into Bitcoin, and uh, and that's it. And I, I didn't really, didn't really go too super hard on him. Like uh, I, I just talked with him. Uh, you know, you just feel when someone has such a strong conviction hmm. that he is just gonna convey it to you. And that's you, you gain that as well when you go on a full Bitcoin standard. So you're basically like a, like a, like a light, like a, you're, you're beaming this, this, this orange aura around you and the way you are talking like a couple of days ago i was at the, at the gas station and someone was you know kind of uh, complaining that the gas prices went up and and so on and i just said yeah yeah my my gas prices are they just went down and he was like what How, what do you mean <laughs> like are you using some sort of like uh loyalty program or whatever no no no. i just said no 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 i i just uh i just don't use this uh, stupid euro I, I just save in bitcoin right i have bitcoin i pay, I pay with it i and he was like really yeah really so my 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 gas price is actually three three times less in the past three years while yours is like probably double almost like double right so 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 you, you are you are able to kind of throw all of this little kind of um comments uh with people you know and and when you sit down with someone with someone you you you, you are able to really really convey uh the the or the, the the bitcoin case to them so that's really helpful as well i and, think and everyone I, can do it that's the most important thing regardless yeah, of yeah go ahead go ahead i'll let you finish regardless of what you are doing what what's your what your line of work is regardless of your financial situation your level of income your your expenses your net worth do, are, do you have debt or not everyone can can actually uh, do this it's like um it's basically like um it's a skill it's so fundamental skill because we are using money on a daily basis half of every transaction is money right so we are it's <laughs> no matter how you know, either we are going to do it sooner or later. Some at some point, in order to really get this part of your life under full control and really, 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 really know exactly what you are doing, these are the practices to 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 do. So they are not going to change really. They are kind of timeless. So it's not like, um, yeah, maybe in a couple of years that's going to change. No, not really. Uh, it's gonna stay the same. The, that these are the kind of the principles, and they are very easy to 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 understand. Where they are very easy to actually implement. The only thing is that you kind of need to decide to 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 do it. And um, I I would say it's gonna take maybe maybe six months to to kind of um, to. This is what I recommend to start with budgeting practice for six months and throughout these six months it's not that you are going to stop budgeting you're going to continue budgeting as long as you're alive right you're going to continue planning your money basically um but uh af after you have around six months of of experience that's when you can really 
start to understand this this time dimension and how the how money behaves over time and how you can actually you know now start to kind of see a little bit more ahead like next six months the the the, the longer you you're practicing this the longer you can kind of see the future it's not really that you are seeing the future it's like you are planning for the future better yeah. so if you're practicing it for one month you are able to kind of see over the you know around one month of time in the future but if you are practicing this for 10 years which i'm not still but when i have 10 years of experience of planning my money behind me i could be you know making 10 years kind of uh, you know rough navigation you know for the next 10 years so yeah. that's that's how it works so it's better like to start uh, as soon as possible so that you can start to accumulate this time that you see your money in the dimension of time right but i'll let you now <laughs> dude that was so me. good that was yeah. that was i mean what i was gonna say i got a few thoughts to share number one is the notion that this Git book that you've written, which is just an open source book online called the practical Bitcoin yeah. standard. The notion that this was written by someone not from a theoretical perspective of like, this is a good thing. This could be a good thing to do. It's like, no, no, no. I've been doing this. This is, this is from my experiential. It's like, you're sharing your story and you're sharing an actual piece of objective reality from someone doing it and living yeah. in radical line with Bitcoin, not some theoretical thing. So I think that gives it far more weight, um, and just knowing that someone is doing it means that it's unequivocally possible. Like this is not the excuse that people can make to say, oh yeah, maybe it can be done. I don't know. It's like, no, no, no. Someone's actually doing it and everything is getting cheaper for that person means that like you, there's less of an excuse. I also like how at the start of the uh, book you mentioned, and you've said it a few times in this conversation, it's the notion of replacing the word budgeting, which I think has a lot of baggage and maybe... Yeah misperceptions associated with it. You know, I, I think a lot of people associate budgeting with scarcity or yeah. um, with planning, which is really just gain an awareness and understand where your money is going, right? It's, it's more so an awareness and forward planning exercise than it is like a traditional budgeting exercise in the, in the maybe like the tense that most people have heard of it in. I also think that this whole notion of having a third in your business or capital, a third in your mm -hmm. land or home and a third in cash creates this framework where you're able to constantly reorient yourself yeah. to your purchasing power and actually constantly increase your resilience, right? Because yeah. even the notion that, okay, we said if you had $50,000 or 100,000 in each category and Bitcoin uh, went, had a 50% drawdown. So now you have 50,000, you have to kind of recalibrate. If it doubled, if it went the other way around, right? And you had 100K in Bitcoin, and now you have 200K in Bitcoin, but the value of your home and your capital obviously hasn't doubled because it's yeah. not Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. It creates an opportunity to take some of that cash, that liquid cash, and put some into your business, put some yeah. into your home, so that if Bitcoin then has a 50% drawdown, exactly. you've created more resilience by diversifying into the other two pillar areas of your life. And if you, you actually, want, right? If you want. And it, it's, obviously so it's this, not like this... this second, but it's like working yeah. towards that. It gives you an idea, right? It's like, yeah. it's like if you're on a boat, a sailboat, and you see a lighthouse. Yeah. If the if wind comes and pushes you off track, yeah. the goal is not to like warp speed, zoom back to that one spot. It's reorient the sail to bring you back into alignment with reaching the lighthouse. And I think it's, 
it's just a good guidepost because really what you're doing by living in alignment with Bitcoin, if Bitcoin is truth money and is actually the only stable, truthful tool that we can have to price the value in the world, yeah, you've chosen to live in full alignment with truth, which, you know what? In a volatile fiat world, living in alignment with truth can seem kind of like challenging at times. But would you rather live in a comfortable lie or an uncomfortable world of truth? Yeah. Because guess what? You're not going to be manipulated and pushed off track easily if you live in radical alignment with truth. So it's almost like we all go on this journey. And it's interesting how the trajectory for, of money from unit of account, medium of exchange, or um, store of value, medium of exchange, unit of account, kind of also reflects the personal journey that most people go on, right? People start buying Bitcoin as a way to save, and then they start using it uh, you know, as a novelty to spend. Um, but until you actually price the world with Bitcoin as your unit of account, you really don't live in full alignment with what Bitcoin truly is, which is a new way of perceiving the world aligned with truth. And one thing I was going to ask, um, when you're, when you have those, you know, a third, a third, a third, are you pricing your one third in your uh, land and one third in your company in Bitcoin terms? Or are you still like, where, how do we, navigate pricing okay. should we price our home in fiat terms or should we price our, yeah. our home in terms of the amount of bitcoin what like how do we use that well th it's it's a great question it's it's really it's really uh up to you i mean i price it in both right because i i think in i think in terms of uh i account the value of of things in, in prices of things in fiat because that's what i'm used to that's that's if if you tell me right now um, I mean, look, um, for either way, it's gonna, it's gonna work for you. If Bitcoin is worth hundred thousand dollars, right. Uh, Bitcoin, like a house is going to be worth, let's say hundred thousand dollars house is going to be worth one Bitcoin. If Bitcoin drops to 50 K, then this house is going to be worth two Bitcoin. All right. right. So it, it, it doesn't really matter what you are accounting for. Uh, it's going to be easier to, to think, you know, to just it's easier for us to, to, to account in unit of account that everyone else is still using. Right. Right. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you cannot just uh, switch it to, 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 to Bitcoin and just see, like, let's say I, I, I can, I can, I can see my grocery um, spending in the past month uh expressed in in um in uh, in fiat right or euros. uh in euros here but i can also see it how much i spent in bitcoin right i know my inflow and outflow in in bitcoin terms i know what my when i was when when bitcoin was three times um uh more well not, not three when bitcoin was worth double at around 60k than it is today my income in bitcoin was half of that right because right i was paid half of what i what i'm paid now in sats in in bitcoin but i also spent uh half less in bitcoin so it doesn't matter it, it, what's important is it's 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 this net net income number right it's the it's the purchasing power that we are that we are we, are, we can express purchasing power in whatever we want right but it's 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 easy to think in terms of your local fiat, like for you, it's gonna be Canadian dollars. The the thing with this with this balancing of the net worth, what's really important to understand is that 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 the rule of thirds is really like like 
the um, to kind of it's it's a it's a guideline it's not something that you should kind of be very like you're not going to be making these moves very often you may make it make them maybe you know during the bull market or during the bear market period right which is like in a usual four year cycle it's like maybe a year two years half of the cycle maybe you're going to make these big moves if you if you want to make them because for example so it's like a long-term say, recalibration, not an instant Yeah, it's kind of long-term. It's not something that's urgent, right? It's not... Uh, what is urgent is to get out of debt. That's that's really urgent because you want to start growing positive spirits as soon as possible. You want to start giving as soon as possible because you, you cannot really... You cannot really give properly uh, if you are not... If you, if you are in debt, right? And you have to kind of start things in the right order. But with this thing is... It's it's almost like look if let's say if if you had I don't know I'm gonna throw some crazy numbers let's say you had ten million dollar net worth right um, and you had like uh, I don't know um, nine and a half million dollar in Bitcoin out of that so let's say you are living in a house that's worth three or four hundred k and you have around one or two hundred k in your business in your capital. That's still great. That's the, it's it's not like you have to now you have to buy three million dollar house, right. right? You don't have to you don't have to do it if you are if 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 the house that you are living in, if your land is fine, right? You don't have to go and buy the I don't know a Bugatti car, right? Uh, if you are satisfied with where you are, you right do it because. Like if you have nine and a half million dollars in Bitcoin, your giving budget is gonna be well. You can just count it like nine hundred nine hundred fifty thousand to one point eight million, right? If you if you you know make a transaction, if you give two hundred thousand dollars to 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 someone, you know, uh, it's gonna it's gonna affect your 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 um, uh, your. Sorry, I, I did I miscalculate nine million dollars. Yeah, nine hundred thousand is ten percent, right? So one point eight million is is twenty percent. So if you are, if you you can give tremendously, like basically you can, if in that situation your giving would be something like uh, what they started in in El Zonte in El Salvador, right? You can hmm. start small circular economy somewhere, you know. Basically, you're plant a seed that somewhere point, that, that for like a community, literally. You can, yeah. You, you there are many, many things you can help your your whoever you have your your close people around you to maybe get out of that or whatever. When you are at that point, that's gonna like it's gonna actually <laughs> make you more. It's gonna grow your spirit of generosity more if you have more uh, of your net worth in in cash in Bitcoin. If 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 it's more liquid, right? You have more money to us to to budget, right? To assign. Uh, in your giving category, it's going to actually increase the growth of your net worth. But again, if you want to, right? If you have ten million dollars net worth, if you want to, you can you can buy up to three point three million dollar right house, and you can put up to three point three million in in uh, in capital, right? In investments of any sort. But you know, don't don't exceed that. That's that's really the gist of that part. It's not that you need to start, you know, immediately re re uh, 
kind of uh, rebalancing. But let's say when you are in, as you said, when you are in a bull market, when your purchasing power went, goes up and up and up and up, yeah, you can, right? You, now you can think about, yeah, maybe I want to buy the this this house. Uh, how much is this house, right? How, how much, how is my net worth going to look like after I make the purchase? You look at it, right? Am I still within the third, right? Yeah, you you are within the third. You are you still have room to to kind of the Bitcoin can drop, and you are still not gonna reach a third, right? So that that that's really how you how you use that second part of the of the uh, of the of the guidebook of these this principles of principle of thirds. Do not drop. You know, if you drop below a third in your cash then then it's really you know you're kind of suboptimally growing your net worth it's because your your giving budget is becoming a little bit too too little and if you drop it if it goes too 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 below you you start risking you start risking uh, this 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 trap that uh, many actually very wealthy people have in the in the in the fiat standard which is they they are they have a lot of assets but they also have a lot of debt because they are leveraging their assets to get liquidity, right? So this is what Michael Saylor was talking about, right? You you may have, you you own a lot of, like Apple, for example, has a lot of, 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 of assets, right? But they still have debt, right? They still issue debt. They are, they are playing this game and- um, Game of fiat incentives. Yeah, it's fiat incentives, and it's it's always this 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 yucky kind of confused feeling with your time dimension. You are not really you are not thinking clearly for the future. Uh, when you are debt free, you can clearly think for a long time in the future. If you have such a large net worth and such a large net worth in a liquid, uh, you know most of it would be in a in a in in Bitcoin, right? In in, in such a liquid form of money. Uh, you are able to really kind of, uh, you know, think long-term. This is what I, like, I was listening to, to a podcast a couple of days ago about the, a monastery in, in, in US, a Benedictine monastery um, that, that received, uh, they received a, a, a big donation in 2017 uh, in the bull market. Uh, someone donated and they basically built, uh, you know, the, the the, the monastery, the church, the cathedral, whatever, like, and not not in this fiat architecture way. That's like you know, thirty years, and then you know, basically have to rebuild it. No, this is like something that's gonna last for centuries. So this is the type of the the type of mindset that you are kind of growing into when you apply the the rule of thirds, uh, and when you you know you just you just know, yeah, I I and and another very very good thing is. What what Bitcoiners also should kind of um, understand is that you um, every time you you purchase something in order to own it, right? You purchase and own. You have to before you make the purchase, you should be making the the what's called the cost of ownership calculation, right? Because owning anything means that you are gonna incur some cost to maintain the thing, right? When you buy a house, right? It's brand new house, new building. To keep it as in, a, in, in as good condition as possible, you will have to maintain. You are going to incur some more expenses down the line to just keep everything. I mean, we know that, right? Same with the car. Same with anything, and every every single thing has its own 
kind of life cycle, right? Some things last more, last more, something last less. But since we are, we, we know how to manage and account money in time dimension, we know that cost of ownership is going to be there and we account for it. We budget for it. Yeah. And we understand that this is this is just, um, you know, we, we do not get in a situation where we are kind of buying something that we are not really able to maintain properly, right? Uh, this is the example that I see very often with uh, people who, let's say, they buy a car, right? That they cannot really maintain in a, such a good, that type of car. In, 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 a, in a good condition, they cannot really use it as much because the gas is too expensive or whatever. And it's like, uh, you know, that's not really, you're not going to have any any pleasure, any joy out of that kind of uh, ownership experience. So what I recommend is to, if you if you want something, uh, if you want to own something and you, your budget is still, your, your situation is still does not allow you it's, you cannot afford it really, right? Uh, what you should try to do is you should try to actually use that thing by entering into rent con contract. Uh, can you, let's say, you, you may not be able to buy this house, but you may be able to rent it at least for some time. You, can, you maybe cannot buy this car right now, but perhaps you can rent it, rent it for a week and try it out. Try if you see it. I, I did this on my own. And I actually, I mean, I grew so disillusioned with, <laughs> with what I thought that I, 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 I mean, I, this is, this is a story for another time and I'm considering to, to write it in the, in the, in the guidebook. But, uh, but basically you, what you understand is that, um, you need to understand the difference between renting something and owning something else and uh, if you want to own something just follow the rule of thirds and account for it just understand that whatever the ownership is it's gonna incur some cost of ownership and if you do all of that then you by all means you know spend your bitcoin if you want to buy whatever so i'm i'm as you may uh kind of conclude <laughs> concluded already i'm not really one of those people who are who is going to say, you know, just sell everything and uh, you know sell your chairs and go. I mean, it's it's kind of snarky comment, but you know, in the I, I saw that uh, there was like a meme uh, around Twitter, like uh, these how did they say like um, check engine light crew, right? So they <laughs> people were, you know, the car was like yeah, check engine, you know, you haven't changed your oil or whatever. Yeah, you stack uh, sats like, no. instead of taking stack care of your car. Now it's breaking down, which ends yeah. up being more expensive in the end. So I exactly, I mean, one of the parts exactly. That... That's that's what I was yeah. getting at. It's, it it ends up being more expensive, and uh, and and this is this is same with all with all other things, and um, and again, like you also you have to kind of uh, not kid yourself because let's say if you make uh, with our previous example let's say you make 50k a year and you you spend uh, i don't know 90 uh, 49.5k right so you basically have net income of $500 and then you put you know $1 of that in in bitcoin yeah you haven't spent any bitcoin right uh, right so basically yeah i'm not i'm never going to sell my bitcoin i'm just going to put $1 of bitcoin every every year you are achieving, you are growing your stack, right? 
I mean, you are if you if you if you put the number of of sats that you own in on you know on x axis. Uh, you're doubling, on, your, you're yeah. potentially doubling you your stats doubling, each year. Yeah, basically you are growing your stack and it's the, the line is going to look, wow, up and to the right. Wow, you are a genius. No, I mean, no, because you, if you, it doesn't matter if you have a thousand dollars and if you spend $500, it doesn't matter that you didn't spend $500 from Bitcoin part of the balance sheet, right? You still incurred $500 of expense, right? You basically... You, you incurred the opportunity cost because if you didn't, right? And you converted that $500 into Bitcoin, you would have you would have it right now. So you you either consume, right? You either have, a, have an outflow or you don't, right? It's 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 binary. So it, it, it this this thing is this thing with I'm never gonna sell my Bitcoin is really kind of it's kind of um like um it, it, it's just not true, right? It's financially not true. You are spending money and it's um, it doesn't matter, right? If you didn't spend that money, then you could have saved it, right? You could you can convert it to Bitcoin. And this is why this really only gets clear, but truly, truly clear, like internalized type of clear once you actually go on a full Bitcoin standard. Because then you know, okay, if I spend it, I spend it, right? It, and that's it. Right, I, and the amount of, of are... the the amount of yeah. detail in the calculations you would have had to have made to spend that very precious thing means that you're going to value the thing you bought much more. Right, the notion that Absolutely. if you if I actually own something, I am very the pride of ownership makes it so that I'm going to take very good care of that thing. Whereas if that thing, if I'm a slave to that thing, energetically, I probably have a shitty relationship with it. I'm probably not going to take care of it. Yeah. And so Absolutely. it's probably going to cost me more in the way more in the end because I'm not taking care of this car that I loved for like six months, but now I hate because I have to spend a thousand dollars of my money per month, regardless of whether I want to or not. I'm stuck yep. doing that for 84 months. I'm probably not going to care for it. And I think there's mm -hmm. something energetically, there's a significant difference between Absolutely. your relationship with the product you own and your relationship with the product that owns you, regardless of how excited you were when you initially acquired it. And I think by amortizing the cost of ownership of something with debt, we actually allow ourselves to not really understand the cost of maintenance because we essentially acquired something we can't afford yeah. through this, this kind of manipulation with credit. Therefore, if we can't even afford the thing, we're probably not going to afford the maintenance costs on the thing. So the idea that if you need an engine repair on a car that's way more expensive than what you could afford, you might get blasted with an expense that you never foresaw because you bought something you couldn't afford, but you tricked yourself into thinking you could by by taking yeah. on a shitload of debt. And there's like, yeah, I think it's just, uh, I think this is all aspirational stuff, right? It's like, it's not like everyone's going to wake up and have everything divvied up into a third tomorrow or live just radically oh, according no. to truth. But I think the aspiration of moving towards eliminating debt, owning things instead of them owning you, this is like this long-term objective that every day, it's almost like health, right? It's like the, the long-term aspiration is to be in good health. And that comes to the accumulation of wise choices each day. And I think the same thing holds true. It's like the, if the aspiration is to get out of debt and the aspiration is to bring our life into alignment with this one third, one third, one third sort of ancient wisdom framework, then it's like, what am I doing tomorrow to bring myself more into alignment with that aspiration? Yeah. Even knowing that I might never get to a perfect third, 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 but that is the aspiration I'm working towards. And so every decision I make 
gets put through the filter of does this bring me closer to that aspiration or further from it just like with health it's like it starts with just understanding health right and then then it's every decision I make each day either brings me closer to what I've defined as health or further away from it. And I'm not actually going to expect to be perfect and expect that every decision I ever make will only bring me in alignment with health. But it's almost like the vast majority, if the vast majority of my decisions can bring me towards this aspiration that I've decided is important, um, then you're going to be doing good, right? You're getting closer to your goal. And I think number one, it's knowing what is a good aspiration. Number two, what is a framework for achieving that aspiration? Uh, and number three is actually putting the energy in, into applying the, the knowledge to bring to in truthful base reality, bring you closer to that aspiration. I think the practical Bitcoin standard answers the understanding what, what is a good aspiration understanding the method of working towards that aspiration and then you've through kind of giving people these planning tools to deeply understand their money and plan intelligently um you've given people kind of like a tool belt to actually start moving towards that aspiration and i think it's probably way more powerful than you realize and you know if one out of every ten thousand bitcoiners looks at that and it actually has some sort of impact on them to say like mm, maybe i'm doing things differently than maybe the truthful way i think it eventually it's it's almost like by reading this a seed is unequivocally planted that may not germinate right away but cannot be unplanted and i think that's the goal right because if we all live in alignment with bitcoin fiat basically dies because we're not create we're not participating in the game of creating more money and by not yep. taking out more debt we are essentially yep. giving money back to the world this was one thing that stuck with me after i met you last year was this notion that I had never realized that every time I go to get a mortgage or every time I take some sort of credit out, I'm actually debasing everyone who uses yep. that currency. And so it, it, it's almost like this uh, spiritual calling to be like, I don't want to be a part of that problem. Therefore, my incentive is to reduce and unwind my role That's in creating more fiat manipulation through the day to day things that I was doing that I wasn't even realizing. And that yep. is... I think that's a good aspiration for us all to live in alignment with at our own pace, in our own way, just like the process of health is to find your way down the path of health in your own way, at your own pace, not being harsh on ourselves or judging ourselves for not going as fast as we want to, or being as far as we want to. It's just like, what are you doing today to make a better choice to bring you in alignment with that? Because to me, a healthy person is someone who makes one wise choice a day. To me, a financially healthy person is someone who is making one wise choice to move towards the aspiration of not being in debt and actually having a deep, truthful understanding of their money uh, and how to plan in alignment with what they want. Because I think a lot of people want a lot of things. They might want the wrong things, which that's the lesson you learn when you acquire the wrong thing and then you're pissed that you acquired it. That's the lesson. Just learn from it. But I also think even if you want something, if you don't have a framework for accurately planning a means to get there, then it can seem inachievable. Right. And I yeah. think right now there's so many ways to get dopamine in ways that aren't natural. But one of the one of the most OG ways of gaining dopamine is actually being able to detect meaningful progress towards a goal. And so every wise choice you make becomes a dopamine source instead of scrolling through Twitter. And so I think it's yeah, it's all it wraps into health so much because I think, Absolutely. you know, to me, money is the keystone pillar of health. If money is the tool we use to store our time. And most people just don't have time to take care of themselves. Key number one is put your put your time in a tool that actually preserves it. So you have time available to spend on taking care of yourself. Yep. 
And so, you know, health and money become this deeply intertwined thing where the same process kind of holds true. It's understand, create a plan, apply the plan and be patient and just have a, and when you use low time preference money, you adopt a low time preference mindset and health fundamentally is a low time preference endeavor. So I think, you know, absolutely whether you realize it or not a practical bitcoin standard is probably gonna make a fuckload of people way healthier so thank you absolutely i it absolutely will and uh and let's i mean one of the things let's say for example most people who when i i have felt that certainly but every everyone basically reports that once you create your first zero based budget right once you because with money it's really it's really either it's kind of in a state of disorder, like chaos, or you put it in a state of perfect order. And then if you keep, if you keep, let's say today you create a zero-based budget with your money and tomorrow you make a transaction, you go out and you buy something, whatever, and you actually record that transaction in the budget, right? You keep, you maintain the perfect order. Your money is in perfect order. The moment you kind of stop, start kind of slacking with that or just, you know, I, 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 you know, just let it go. Then this order kind of slowly gets into more, you know, the entropy grows, basically. The, the, the forces of chaos kind of start to creep in. And then the moment you decide to come back and just put it back in order, just, uh, you know, rebalance the budget, you know, basically uh, start fresh, right? Make new budget. Then it's back in perfect order. The thing that they, that, that most people report the first time that they make um, a zero-based budget is they, they say they feel like they got around 20% raise, basically. That they feel like before, like, it's literally like that. Before you have it, you are kind of, you feel around 20% less of, of, basically, it's like you have less money. You have your, it's just all unclear. Once you do it, you sit down and you do it, right? And after that, you feel like you basically get it's your twenty percent wealthier, or you got twenty percent raised. That's that's the that literal feeling. That just you from have. clarity, just just from that clarity that you put it in in perfect order, and now you start. You still have you still may have that. You still are not have you still maybe haven't basically went into the giving aspect. Uh, or you still haven't uh, thought about uh, Bitcoin is still like sitting somewhere deep down in your cold storage. It's like still not, it's too, too crazy to start spending it or whatever. But you you made your first zero-based budget and that's it. You are now, it's like you 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 get this clarity and and I, I, I kind of recommend first spend, like first mission, is spend 180 days maintaining your budget right have like it basically you you would ha kind of have to be able to answer these types of questions like uh, for example what was your uh let me let me try to read it exactly what is your age of money right that's one question uh, let's talk about that next time we chat we could do a whole yeah, podcast just sure. on aging your money Just because i think it's actually a can seem abstract but one once i read that area of the of the yeah. book i was like this makes so much sense and it's actually such a powerful tool 
Absolutely, we we should definitely, and I would be very happy to to kind of. Uh, I'm definitely going to use this 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 conversation to to improve certain things in the uh, maybe maybe uh, you know a reshuffle. It's again, it's still work in progress. It's an open source thing. It's uh, certainly not going to be uh, really uh, ma mainstream Bitcoin ready for a few more months. I think uh, until it's really kind of uh, you know. Polished. I, it needs to go on under around of editing, but I think it's gonna get there. I think it's gonna be a useful uh, framework um, to for for any Bitcoiner to. You have the skeleton. It's like this. You must start with the skeleton, then you yeah. can start to refine the tissues. But I think one thing when you said that that came to mind is this notion of everyone can think of like a microscope, right? Where you have a microscope, you have a specimen. The specimen is your money. The the focus real is how clearly you actually understand what's happening. And I yeah, actually yeah. think most of the anxiety around money has nothing to do with what the image actually is, what the situation yeah, is with exactly. your money. It's exactly. from not understand, it's from being constantly staring at a blurry image, constantly not having clarity of what's happening means that you are always in the dark and that alone is anxiety provoking. Absolutely. So this notion that people feel richer when they get clarity, I think they actually just automatically, yeah. they've automatically initiated a better relationship with money because now they at least have clarity and and clarity is required before a plan is created to improve that image but regardless of the image you must start For with sure. clarity and i think just understanding your money is the source of clarity absolutely and then when you have this clarity you also eliminate this like if let's say that you may maybe you have some debt right maybe the debt is kind of sitting on your on your back lingering. So you're lingering it's like uh, making you kind of anxious or you're kind of putting it out not really bothering with it but then you are kind of you know you just get it when you start when you when you make your zero based budget what happens is you you turn all of this kind of anxious uh, you kind of uh, de depressive uh, thoughts into this fuel that you are now starting to get really really focused because budgeting is planning money right is 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 basically showing you exactly what the situation is right you may have took out a, a mortgage for this house, right? Maybe it's worth $300,000. You took out $300,000 uh, mortgage and you have paid off maybe $10,000, $10, right? Or, or 20 or 30. You are still $270,000 in debt, right? And like this can, this can focus you so well uh, to, to, to basically understand, am I going to like, am I going to do this for the next, you know, 30 years or am i going to either is this house do i value right and i mean do i value the feeling of 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 this spirit that i that i feel right which is going to show which is going to be glaringly obvious once you start accounting and once, once you start accounting your payments your debt payments towards uh, in in your budget once you see your uh, assets to liabilities uh, shift after a couple of months, after three months, you may start thinking, "Oh my God, this is this is too crazy. I don't want to have this. I I I want to actually sell it, and I want to rent, right? Instead, or you may have, or you may you may decide, right? It, it's up to you. Uh, whoever is listening to this, you may decide. Okay, I'm I am going. I still like. I still love this house. I still love this place. But I I don't want to I I want to pay it off before right. But then you 
basically you, you just have to continue budgeting <laughs> and what happens is at some point you're gonna you're gonna feel like oh my god what am i doing because if i if i get rid of this if i just sell this shit right liquidate it and 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 rent and i get out of that and then i can move on to the third thing i, I can actually start to give meaningful 10 to 20 percent of my budget and i can actually boost my i can actually make double triple quadruple of what i used to make because now i'm you know i'm just free and i'm i have this spirit of generosity growing you know you can make you can make huge changes but again they all start with just sitting down and and Clarity. getting full control over your money just put it down on a piece of or or use the the, the software I, I have it in the link uh that i use it's it's excellent and just start to practice it it's 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 a type of hygiene it's like um i don't know it's like um taking a shower or, or something that you are it's not something that that's that's once you kind of get used to it uh on a daily basis it becomes part of your habit you're not even thinking about it yeah it feels just, good to I be just, clean once you know what showering is you're like i like exactly. feeling clean <laughs> for me it's like uh i i don't care i i take maybe a couple of minutes every day to just enter all my transactions in a budget and that's it i i, I rebalance it uh, once every couple of days if if bitcoin goes up i just reconcile the purchasing power rebalance the budget if it goes down the same thing and that's it you know when i have money coming in i assign all of it when i have money going out i track i mean i i, I enter the transactions and i have the full kind of every i can i can tell you exactly how much i spent on whatever five months ago seven months ago you know i it, everything is here i can plan for the duration of time that i am running the budget which is now almost three 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 and a half years on a full bitcoin step three years on a full bitcoin standard so i can make three-year plan you know that's that that has pretty it's pretty informed, right? Um, for me, right? And it's all individual. It's your budget. It's not nobody else's. Like your your situation with money is unique to you. Yeah. And that's that's really it. But the the principles are same for everyone. You just have to kind of learn them, apply them. It's easy. It's not hard. Um, doesn't take a lot of your time uh, on on a daily basis once you start. It may take maybe an afternoon or so to to kind of read through it and uh, at least this per first part for the budgeting, how to do it actually. And uh, and that's it. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to be sensitive with our time. It's eleven oh two, and yeah. I'm already excited for the next chat because I think uh, sure. I'll put I'll put the link to the Practical Bitcoin Center that you've written. This sort of ongoing open source draft that I think will forever be a work in progress, but I think is definitely good enough for people to get a first glance understanding at um, just like from a zoomed out view, like what is getting clarity with my money even look like? How do I go about doing that? What are the tools that I can employ? So thank you for writing that. And thank you for taking time today to chat. Everyone listening, thanks for being here. Take care of yourselves. Check out Pavao's work online. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. And uh, Pavao, we'll chat maybe in like a month, we'll chat and uh, we can talk about aging money. And uh, we'll see where things are at with the world because I think we're yeah. in for uh we're in for some, we're in for a ride and I'm, I'm here for it. I know you are too. And, um, yeah, that's it for now, for folks. Sure. Thanks for listening. Bye.